Welcome to Customer Value Cast, a podcast dedicated to helping you acquire, retain, and expand more customers by putting measurable value at the heart of your customer lifecycle. Join our host, Ross Fulton, founder and CEO of ValueWise, as he dives deep into how reoccurring revenue businesses are maximizing their growth and valuations with the industry's leading experts and pioneers. Now, here's your host, Ross Fulton. Hey everyone, welcome to the Customer Value Cast, the show dedicated to helping you put measurable value at the heart of your customer lifecycle so that you can acquire, retain, and expand more customers in your recurring revenue business. Welcome to the first episode of season two. Uh, we're trying a new format here, we're including video. So I would love your feedback if you have questions, comments, suggestions on how we can optimize the value of this show for you. But um, today, very excited to be joined by Emily Ryan, a very dear friend of mine, but also the chief client officer of ValueWise. And today we're going to talk all about the trajectory of being a CS operations leader, what it takes, what success looks like, what to bear in mind if you have your own goals around advancing your career in the exploding world of customer success operations. But Emily, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Ross. I'm really excited about this new fancy format and uh, everyone having to see our faces for podcast. Isn't that an old saying, face for radio? <laughs> I'm sure everyone is appreciating seeing our smiling faces. But for those who, tragically for them, haven't yet ever met you, connected with you before, why don't you share a bit about your background and your journey so far and how it's kind of culminated as the CS operations thought leader and guru that you are and uh, what I'm very grateful for, being chief uh, client officer here at ValueWise. Awesome. Happy to. So for, for those who haven't met me, I actually started my career in film and media. So I, uh, I was a classically trained, I am, I suppose, a classically trained vocalist. I was in theater. I did film production, uh, owned a film production company in New York City and did that for a number of years. And I don't know if you all remember what happened in 2008, but a bunch of stuff crashed and the ripple effect of that meant that I got to make uh, an exciting career transition. So I chose technology. And one of the first roles that I was in in tech was as a support engineer. And foreshadowing, I do highly recommend getting some empathy with clients, but also with engineers and, and folks in the tech world in general. My job as a support engineer at Sailthrough was really game-changing for me. Moved into account management, which really was customer success management, but not everyone was calling it that yet. So the flavor of account management that I did was early, early customer success management. And then I moved into a role that the, the VP of the company said, hey, let's write you a job description. I have a bunch of stuff that I need done and we'll just call you director of customer success operations. And so that was the first time that I had that title and I was potentially one of maybe a dozen people kind of on the planet with that title at the time. So that's how, that's how long ago that was, but also how recent that was. So just to give a little bit of a trajectory of customer success operations in general, when I took that title, there were no resources. There was no one else that I could tap that had that same role that knew what that was going to look like. 
And I had a lot of really great mentors throughout that experience and, and a really great just overall exposure to customer success operations. It, you know, if we look back at my social media from the day, probably the job that I had, except for this one, of course, where I said, I love my job as many times as I did. So good save there. there. Good save. <laughs> of course. I love my job now. <laughs> as far as how that kind of led me to where I am, I was very fortunate to lean on a lot of my entrepreneurial background from film and television, a lot of connections that I had made in the ecosystem. I did a ton of early stage startup consulting and working with CEOs of early stage companies to help them flesh out customer success and customer success operations by extension. And then I was able to expand that into a broader exposure to larger companies uh, by working with Splunk, which is a public company in the tech space. So really, really grateful for that experience and find myself now sitting next to Ross Fulton, CEO of ValueWise as chief client officer. So really excited to be able to chat about customer success operations and everything that that entails today, because it's been a rocket ship for my career. And I know that we're just getting started with that role. Awesome. And I think, yeah, I would love to drill into customer success operations, the leader in that we have been very fortunate as ValueWise and with the customer value cast to talk to a number of CS operations, trailblazers who are working in some of the largest and fastest growing tech companies in the world, many of whom you know, Emily, like Mary Beth, Donovan, and Jean Iran, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And our conversations have been valuably weighted towards thinking of CS operations as a strategy, as a function. I want to sort of really get your perspective on being the leader, the CS operations leader, the CS operations professional, and taking that sort of very much the, the human dynamic as a primary focus for this conversation because it is a new profession and very new relative to many other professions even in in specifically b2b technology companies the overall domain industry the category of technology that cs operations is linked to is all very new and so there being a i think a well-documented well-understood well-traveled path for a uh, professional in a company or in their career to go down, okay, here's the ladder or whatever the appropriate descriptor might be to become mm -hmm. a CS operations leader. It's pretty sparse out there. It's, there's not too much sort of guidance and documentation and, and, and shared learnings out there. That's changing rapidly with emerging sort of CS ops tracks, like what you lead with your LinkedIn live show, what Seth Wiley's doing at Gainsight. But it's your experience. I think people are going to get a lot of insight from, and as you know, with ValueWise, we're, we're sort of, we take a very competency view of the world, including kind of the overall approach to customer life cycles through our value experience framework. So maybe we can use that competency mindset to begin and think about, okay, if Emily, you're talking to an aspiring CS operations leader, what competencies they should be focusing on as developing area of expertise for themselves. So maybe we focus at least initially on kind of thinking hard skills and as opposed yeah. to sort of the soft skills of leadership and good people, leadership and management, but really like where do I, what do I go study for my PhD in CS operations to develop that competency um, portfolio? Yeah, it's a really, it's a really great question. And I think that the big thing about CS operations is it's, it's a broad 
skill set. And I think it's more broad than folks expect. And I think that a lot of leaders who think about hiring their first CS operations professional go a little bit too narrow in, mm. in that function. Like they say, oh, well, I need an admin or, oh, well, I need a numbers person, right? And you need those things. But to truly grow and build, honestly, what is the, what it will eventually become the circulatory system of your recurring revenue business, you need somebody who is going to have a breadth of knowledge. So I want to caveat for anyone who is aspiring to be a CS operations leader, there's a lot that I'm about to talk about, but it's okay to think about what, what transferable skills do you already possess that have you able to learn or deploy towards this role? So, so it's a lot, but bet you have more of these than, than you give yourself credit for. And the first is, is honestly business strategy. I mentioned that I've owned companies before. I've been an entrepreneur. I've worked in very small businesses. I've done film production and theater production, which are more or less small businesses themselves. And so an understanding of business strategy and an understanding of how to approach problems, how to think about investing thoughtfully, how to consider cost benefit analysis, how to get into you know, blue ocean strategy or, or different ways of thinking about things. And this is something, obviously there are, you know, classes out there that you can take for business strategy, but there's also just this kind of entrepreneurial mindset that really just helps you think about the business that you are serving. Cause there's certainly a lot to do on the CS operations side. And so having strong business strategy acumen is a bit table stakes in my opinion. Similarly, organizational change management. So understanding not only how people work, so the soft skills and things that you alluded to earlier, Ross, but the ability to move them into a new way of thinking. And that's going to be at the tactical level, but it's also going to be at the executive level. You need to get hearts and minds aligned with why we're going this direction. You need to help that chief customer officer or that chief finance officer or that chief sales officer you need to get them aligned with the why behind behind these strategies and, and organizationally change the way that people approach these jobs. Honestly, you're going to need some get stuff done. Am I allowed to curse on here? <laughs> right? Uh, GSD, some get shit done skills. I use Agile. Agile has served me very well. I find it to be much more nimble. SaaS is constantly, constantly moving. It is... If you, if you actually look at the pace of a lot of these companies and the change that's occurring in them, it, it can get a little dizzying. And so having a way structurally to account for that and push your team and your ecosystem almost in spite of that, but at that speed. Project management works well as well. I have a lot of... of tender spots for agile. I've found it to be very, very valuable and how it actually allows people to be both creative and driven. I had a recent LinkedIn live with Edgar Ramirez Vilches. So if you want to go back in time and look at that, uh, we talk about agile quite a bit. I mentioned earlier also exposure to the customer experience and the customer themselves. So I started with support 
That gave me a ton of empathy for the customers and all of the pain that they go through. It gave me a ton of empathy for the engineers and all the pain that they go through. And, and I think that that understanding of what is the customer ecosystem, where are the pain points, how does that manifest in the business is really important. Being a CSM is helpful too, because you get empathy for your customer, which is, which is likely going to be in customer success management and or professional services, education and support. So as much of that kind of real world boots on the ground exposure you can get is very helpful. Process design. I know my list is not done. Process design is important. Being able to help folks get things done in an order that makes sense and streamlines how they're doing things helps them be more effective and efficient at their jobs, which will, as a byproduct, make them happier at their jobs, which will make them again, more efficient. So being able to understand process, being able to understand behavior shaping, which goes back to that organizational change management and being able to structure process so that it can be supported with systems. And that's the next thing is having an understanding of system administration. You don't have to necessarily be an IT person. You don't have to necessarily have had hands on keyboards with a product or a system or a tool, but having an understanding of complex systems that support process is a must have for an ops leader. Similarly, and this kind of goes in with organizational change management, but the ability to train and also document those processes, those systems, or at least to know how to direct others to document those things. And then, you know, finally, and, and it's probably the most valuable, it's the most important, and it ties in with the business strategy is a healthy understanding of data analytics um, and an ability to manipulate and understand and interpret data on your own until we get much farther along in this customer success operations journey, you might be a one person show for a little bit, which means that you need to be able to get data around how many customers you're impacting, which equates to how much revenue you're impacting, which equates to how much margin you're impacting. So knowing what those, what those terms mean, but also how to tell your story with data and how to collect that data and clean that data and interpret that data, is really, really important. And then of course, everybody needs clear presentation skills, clear persuasive skills around how do I get you to understand why what I do is one of the most important jobs in the company. It's all pretty easy then. Super, 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 super easy. (laughs) A couple of evenings on that, you'll be good to go. But no, in all seriousness, it, it is reflective of the linchpin nature, to use the Seth Godin kind of term or concept of recurring revenue businesses. This is the CSOps leader is the, the steward and the quarterback for the combination and connection and integration between the strategy and operations that enables a recurring revenue to succeed in the context of creating value for customers and driving retention and expansion, therefore, of revenue from those customers. So it should be a long list. You make a really interesting and excellent point around we're sitting here defining what a CS operations leader is doing and and what uh, therefore competencies and capabilities they ideally would have. That isn't necessarily and often not reflected in how companies out there are 
defining and consequently advertising and hiring for their CS operations role. Right. It often it could be something, often it's like a glorified system administrator that we're going to call CS operations and various other flavors within that. For people listening or watching who are in CS operations today in a role and they like, they know they can do more, they want to do more, they want to advance their career as a CS ops leader, but are just not currently doing the strategy side of things. So I think that's kind of, get you fact check me here or call me out, but I think we probably agree that the growth areas for most CS ops leaders and ultimately functions is their involvement in terms of architecting and leading the strategy development, yes. which then plugs into the tech and the data side of things. So yeah, if I'm a CS ops leader, I'm like, yeah, I know, I want to do that. I think I can do that. I just mm-hmm. need to be given the opportunity sort of because yeah. I know you were that linchpin very much so it's blunt looking at strategy all the way down to the technology and data how mm-hmm. can someone sort of get themselves into that into that position where they're not when they're not today yeah it's interesting so I'll, I'll kind of harken back to my latter days in film production when I when I say that a lot of the time every organization has a director right? If we're Mm -hmm. thinking about a film, the director is the bright, shiny person with all the great ideas that gets the cool chair and gets the headline on the marquee. What folks forget is that every director has a producer and no one knows what the producer does. And that's because the producer does everything else, including ensuring that the director is getting to that success, that beautiful end position because of that thought partnership. And so I think that this is an area where I feel very fortunate to have worked with many very awesome, very supportive customer success executives who recognized early that by having conversations with me, their strategy got stronger because I was seeing things from a different angle. And I inevitably was the one that had to kind of implement all that stuff and make make stuff work, right? And so, you know, Jeff McCarthy and I worked very closely together. I've worked with obviously Kevin Meeks a number of times. I had a great partner in Joshua Crossman, just some really solid CS leaders who understood that the the vision of what we want to get done has to get done. Mm -hmm. And so if you're a CS operations leader and you don't have that close of a relationship with whoever has the title of director on your stage, get that first, because those people are the ones who are going to be hearing your strategy. P.S. If you want to be the director, being a CS ops person and practicing in that way is a good way to do it. But the CS ops person is not the director. You are the producer do not try to be the director. (laughs) If we're talking, you know, big business structures, you're not the CEO, you're the COO. And so if that feels like that's not the right position for you, get in line for the VP of CS or the CCO role. Like that's a different track. But if you love being Star Trek nerds out there, if you want to be Commander Riker, (laughs) if you want to be second in command and let that other person... Yeah, you you go on the the press junkets. I'm just going to get stuff done. Make sure that you are right on the shoulder of that person that is your star. Yeah, yeah. 
I think that's, I think that's a great set of advice. I, in my head, I had the, the cue to James Bond, perhaps, just to go down some English route. I've got to throw there it in there somewhere. But yes, <laughs> no, I think it's actually very accurate. <laughs> cute. Um, exactly. But, but yeah, I think very actionable. I think for the, the CS Ops hiring market right now is bananas. And yeah. so for anyone, again, watching, listening, who is in the midst of that, looking at new opportunities, maybe looking at their first opportunity, quick sort of suggestion is if this prospective employer you're talking to, if they won't put you in front of that director, AKA the business leader, AKA maybe the VP of CS, the CCO, the CRO, et cetera, Mm -hmm. red flag, because you need to meet that person and look them in the eye and say, Hey, are you ready to do this properly? Are you ready to work with me on the strategy? Not just expect me to sort of keep the lights on in the technology that's being used or, or whatever else may be in yes. play. And again, but if maybe you're not looking for a new role, but you're currently in a CS operations uh, function and, and in a position and you think, yeah, you know, what? I don't have that relationship. I don't have that visibility in with and into that to business leader, then yeah, go, go get it. And again, I would candidly, ask very serious questions if you're not able to get that if you're not empowered right. to really get that relationship because yeah. you say your relationships with kevin and, and john sabino etc were mm-hmm. yeah instrumental to the, the impact and value that you had yeah and you know the the conversation it's beneficial both directions mm-hmm. because of the different perspective i mean honestly ross you and i have this this mm-hmm. relationship right now <laughs> right you are in a different position than I am in, and we are trying to solve this problem together. And so having that close connection, it's it's a dynamic that you see all throughout every organization. And if you are in an operations role and you do not know exactly who that person is and you don't have, it doesn't have to be a regular cadence, but if they aren't the type of person that if you call their cell phone, they pick up, work on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I love it because you just, I'm just assuming you just referred to me as James Bond. So I'm going to run with that. I and, uh, and <laughs> Although in this instance, am I Q or am I M? So I think we can build on that in terms of, okay, progressing success as a CS ops leader, got competencies, you've got relationships and partnerships with other customer success stakeholders yes. both uh, you and I Emily are very passionate about is the, the fact that these companies need to look holistically across their customer life cycle to really maximize value for customers and net dollar retention it's not mm-hmm. just what the CS organization can deliver we need to be thinking about sales professional services support yes. Yes. and product etc 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 and therefore as a CS ops leader the relationships and the partnerships with those other organizations is integral to the success as a CS ops leader, a lot of those organizations, especially the likes of say sales, maybe marketing and well, often have their own operations functions and their own operations leaders. So any tips, advice you'd give to, again, that CS ops professional who can see, hey, yeah, you know, you're right to enhance myself as a leader in CS ops. I need to sort of be able to better integrate, collaborate with these other functions outside of maybe my own function of customer success and how they can go about that and maybe build build some bridges. Yeah. So there's a couple of layers here. So depending, of course, on the size and stage of your company, mm-hmm. and this has happened to me before, you might actually have other customer success operations people that you aren't engaged with. So 
I've been at companies where I was the CSM operations person, but there was a support operations person and a business operations person for CS and a education operations person and a professional services operations person. And we never were prescribed by anyone to collaborate, but we were in a lot of the same meetings together. And so regardless of whether you're at that scale, which is very large, or you're at a smaller scale, I've been at startups where it was, I had an ops title and then one other person had an ops title and she was head of sales and marketing operations. And, you know, we looked at each other from across the office uh, when back in the olden days when we sat in offices, but we didn't really have to interact other than being in leadership meetings together. First thing that I do, I set up some non-structured time to get to know those people as a group. Some of the most beneficial connections that I've made were over a beverage, coffee, tea, beer, wine. Well, I know it was bourbon. It was bourbon. Bourbon. Mostly, mostly with us, it's bourbon. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but yeah, get something on the calendar that's non-structured, mm-hmm. you know, just get to know those people because they feel your pain from a different angle. So you're going to have stuff to talk about. I guarantee it. Especially if you don't get along with those people, take them out for a beer or whatever you, you need to do. Right. So I can't stress that enough. And I think that it's something that we don't think about because we're all so busy and we kind of ships in the night past those people. And we're in a lot of the same meetings, but we don't actually see the reason to collaborate. So that's step number one, the, the step that I would say after that is pay attention to your process intersections. They're all over the place. Your processes come from somewhere and go somewhere. So where are those intersections? Where is the handoff from sales into professional services or from sales into customer success? How does that work? How does sales and customer success hand off to the product? How does that intersection work? PS product has operations people, they're just hidden in there as product owners and and the process itself. So figure out where those process intersections are and find opportunities to make sure that they make sense, right? Because if somebody is handing you something, you want to do what they expect with it and you want them to hand you what you expect. And those are things that we kind of take for granted, but that we have a lot of control over. Similarly, systems and data sharing as allowed. So not every company is as forthcoming and, you know, uh, sharing as the next company, but you know what, if the marketing team needs data on which customers are at risk, share that with them. If you're allowed to don't make them go get it themselves. That builds a lot of bridges. And to that point, understand what drives those other ops people and make sure that they understand what drives you. For me in operations, what drives me is I got to get my cost to serve down. I got to get my team more efficient. I got to get my customer ratios up. How do I do that? I have to get more data and more insights and more, 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 more. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is collaborate in small ways because that helps when you do have to collaborate or get to collaborate in a big way. Now, you know, those people. You know how each other works. You've built a rapport. You've dealt with each other's nuances in small ways. So don't wait for a huge sales to success project to come along. Find small things that you can tune for each other. Find small ways to make each other's lives better. Find small ways to share and connect the dots. 
And yeah, if you're at a company and no one else is doing that, do it. Be the person that does it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Everyone yeah. else will will appreciate it. I promise. I agree. I agree. I think it's yeah, it's being being the first mover is not going to be done uh, done for you for sure. And I think the the comment about the sort of the process intersection, which I'll sort of expand into like strategy intersections, understanding right. your peers' strategies that they're trying to quarterback and operationalize the marketing right. strategy, the sales strategy. Yeah, sure, we can aspire to these in, these strategies being seamlessly integrated and operationalized and that's what obviously our mission here is that value wise to enable for companies but reality is in most companies they're completely siloed they're often misaligned and right. they're not integrated and so step one is understanding okay what is the sales strategy that is being run and that that sales ops person is operationalizing so you can then connect with them on that it's almost like they need some software so they can visualize all these different playbooks and strategies and processes running in their customer lifecycle. It's an interesting idea. So let's final topic. Let's talk about future. So as a CS ops leader, as an aspiring CS ops leader, you want to be on the cutting edge. You want to be again, that thought leader inside your organizations, advising the organization, advising the business around, hey, this is where we need to go next. This is how we need to be approaching digital. This is how we need to be approaching in-app engagement. Yeah. This is how we need to be approaching advanced analytics. And again, something very important to us here at ValueWise, we have to find the future as, as a value and uh, something we work on very hard for those who are not as fortunate as us to work in ValueWise and are in CS Ops today, where do you think they need to be focusing? What do you think they need to be watching, keeping an eye on as it relates to the future of custom success operations from your perspective? Yeah, I think that the thing that's starting to take hold is that CS leaders and by extension CEOs and as a part of that CROs and sales leads are noticing that the difference between a massively successful company and one that's just kind of successful actually has to do with whether or not they're thinking about customer success operations in recurring revenue businesses, acknowledging mm -hmm. that there are many, many hybrids and flavors and changes happening in many companies right now, moving from on-prem to cloud, moving from perpetual or one-time uh, licensing models to subscription, that whole movement is starting to also create some patterns. And a lot of early stage startups who've always been cloud native or SaaS, SaaS centric are, are also seeing when I have a strategic person in operations on my customer success side, who is driving value, who is ensuring that we are reducing our costs to get that value both internally and to our customers. When we have high levels of true adoption, not just usage, usage is a part of adoption. It is not adoption. But when we have true adoption and our customers get value out of our product and they get that effortlessly, which is again, a link between not just CS. If, if your CS team is the only thing driving product adoption, your product team has a problem that connection between the product team and the customer success team, having that be streamlined and, and clear and having that engagement be where the user is, where the user wants that engagement, not just email because that's all we have, right? Those 
things are starting to add up to lots of revenue, <laughs> lots of money. So if I were to tell the future, these companies that are really finding a way to build out a scale engine that really works. So going back to your get shit done muscles, like this is not a spectator sport. You need to be somebody who is pushing the envelope, who is getting things done because it, the ball is moving too fast. But if you can do that, if you can measure that, if you can show that value, if you can reduce those costs, if you can create that efficiency, all we're talking about is the exact same thing that all companies that make widgets have known forever. Your operations team is make or break for your margins, for your value, and for how well things get out to your customers. The same is true for customer success operations. It's just, just starting to bubble to the surface. Folks understand sales operations is critical. Folks understand marketing operations is critical. Folks understand you have to have processes and systems and velocity and agility in your build teams. That's the future of customer success operations is that the money actually is in that team. Mm -hmm. The ability to get profitable in a major, major way is in that team. And it is so anemic how it is funded right now. More money is the future. <laughs> a good takeaway. I think we will like yeah. that. Yeah. Wonderful. But no, in all seriousness, this has been excellent and lots of fantastic insight, Emily. Yeah. Certainly for those watching and listening, do check out the ValueWise resources section at www.valuewise.co. Lots of good content on many of the concepts we've talked about today, webinars, other podcast episodes, eBooks, always check out, uh, Emily, your LinkedIn live, which I guess to that point, where do you recommend people to find you and connect with you and, uh, and be able to learn more, more from you? Yeah, I'm always open for a good LinkedIn connection. So feel free to reach out or connect with me there. You can email me at emily.ryan at valuewise.co. And if you want to really be bold and get, get direct in my inbox, and then, yeah, I'm on social media at eSphere Ryan. So it's nice to have folks say hi. Wonderful. Absolutely. And the same certainly goes for me as well. For anyone that would love to connect, continue conversations, please give again, feedback, comments, reviews on the show here on whatever platform you're consuming it on. Be aware there's a whole season one of the customer value cast where we are and I'm having conversations with. Kevin Meeks that we mentioned, Jean Aaron that we mentioned, Mary Beth, many, many thought leaders, not just in the CS space, but across this customer lifecycle construct. So I encourage you to check it out. But thanks for tuning in today, Emily. Thank you again. And we will see everyone in the very near future.